everybody and welcome to Journey Through Grill Islands. I'm your host Sig, being joined by Emma, Sarah, Barry. And today we'll be covering 44 ways to kill you with a pimento, which took place on May 22nd, 2004 in our usual home of the Santa Ana Elks Lodge and was attended by 125 people. So our show opens with Top Gun Talwar, Quicksilver, Charles Mercury and Chris Bosch in the ring. And Talwar is questioning Quicksilver's loyalty after the fallout between Scorpio Sky and the heel faction. Who still don't have a name, a proper name, I don't believe, at this stage? No. No. The no. Mysterians. It's a good name. Use it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Talwar had quite the problematic show. Big time. Yeah. Um, he just kept saying the F word. He did. Like, all the time. It's very hard to kind of actually listen to, to be honest. I think at one stage he says, do you like to kiss men, faggot? Like, I mean, say one or the other. You're getting It's implied. Across. Yeah, it yeah. is implied. <laughs> and um, I, I like how, like, obviously then there wasn't, you know, uh, you know, people weren't, you know, protesting and, and getting upset. But there wasn't even a reaction at all in the crowd. Was it yeah. so par for the course on, sh- on shitty little indie shows at the time that they didn't even ooh or ah at these lines? Like, they were just... They were just the things wrestlers said. I mean, that's kind of depressing in its own way to think about. It wasn't just wrestlers, it was just a thing. People. Yeah, people said it. Men said it to other men, constantly. Quicksilver decides he's had enough of Talwar's filthy mouth (laughs) and walks to the back, leaving Talwar, Mercury and Bosch to face Disco Machine, Superbad and Human Tornado. Super bad rocking the giant Gonzalez esque style shirt. I oh. loved that. I, it was so good. Oh no. Sarah Flannery is, is grimacing as we talk about this shirt. I thought he looked so bad. Because <laughs> loved it. it was bad, so even. baggy. Like it was baggy. <laughs> Just no, it didn't work for me. Well, Excalibur on commentary said that that was actually a mesh top, and that was his <laughs> real. <laughs> Well, at least um, Human Tornado had his fly pulled up this time. Yeah. It's a step forward. Um, Superbad won me over in this this match. He I was pretty this good. Was, this was his time. There was a lot of um, size-based humour in this match, mm, of yes. just how big or small or ironically big people yeah. were in this. I had that exact phrase here. I was like, is Superbad like the sixth or seventh ironically jacked but not really guy we've seen so far in this company? Just waiting for Taro to rip through them in this <laughs> way. I loved in this match we saw the first instance of, well, the first instance of Human Tornado doing his little strut off with Talwar in the middle of the ring. I was like, that is just iconic. And yeah, I just loved that. I thought Tornado was very good in this match. Very, very good. Very impressive. He did his little tope over the top where he just kept rolling on the outside till he ended up on the freeway. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking of that meme where it's like... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of the commentary highlights for me was uh, Excalibur doing a black guys walk like this but white guys walk like this bit and then Disco saying they can't see you or this is audio (laughs) (laughs) 
and Excalibur also got a Dolomite reference in there, which was which was good. I wonder when this was recorded. It must have been late at night because Disco was having very little of Excalibur's shenanigans throughout the show. Like there's one point where he's just not listening to him and he goes, sorry, I was trying to watch the match. <laughs> I just want to bring up though, what's up with the weird camera angle that's like in the corner, like looking down on the ring? Like that's new, right? You could, so yes, but did you see later, you can see later on, it's a ladder. Someone yeah. is on top of a ladder. That We've never seen that before. So this is, they're just trying new things. Such it innovation. Was, yeah. It was just a bit jarring though. It's, I've never seen that before. <laughs> Didn't notice the camera angle at first or the ladder. And then I can't remember what match it is. It's later in the card though. And it just turns and there's a ladder. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> but no, it's just for the camera. Production values very high. Um, I do like the ongoing commentary joke of uh, Tower being on steroids. They called his elbow the Roid Rage Elbow, <laughs> which is a really good name for a move. I think we've kind of settled into our stride now. These are PWG openers, as yeah. they will be for the next few years. It's going to be some variation of these six as well. Um, Charles Mercury will always end up in there. Jeez, yeah, Human Tornado frequents a lot of these. Then, he be, then like, he moves out somewhere else in the card. Then he just goes back to six man, so it's, it's going to be a fun ride. So the finish of the match is Tornado tags out and Superbad hits a choke breaker on Disco's knee and pins Charles Mercury. Well, after the match, there's a bit of animosity between Bosch and Mercury, um, he's sort of chastising them for losing them the match. And then Disco comes out and says he sees the talent in them, despite them being dicks. And he wants to take them under his wing. He also says there's a lot of sexual tension. And that will be a, a running thing for them. Um, the sexual tension is too much. Which you can see. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's nothing else to say. It was very strange, though. Very weird. Like, where does this come from? You hated the fuckers not so long ago. Like, like proper hated them. Hated Mercury, man. I don't remember their... I was going to say blood feud. It was blood feud. <laughs> <laughs> but they hated each other. Yeah, where does yeah. this come yeah. from, Disco? I wasn't even saying... It wasn't even, like, taking them under his wing. He said he was going to be their saviour. Yeah. yeah. Which was bizarre. Uh, following our last episode Disco was making jokes about being old yeah. um, and being a I, he did a nice I think a little, like a parody of like a journeyman wrestler promo where he talked about going to Japan and Alaska and Hawaii <laughs> um, yeah. uh, which was pretty good I think he actually saved Japan from glass I don't know if that's even true if he actually did go and come he, back he did okay so uh, so that was that was funny he offers them his tutelage and they accept um, our second match is Puma against the returning Tony Cozina. Excalibur tries to go as long as he can without calling him Pinoy Boy, and he lasts 20 seconds. <laughs> um, I liked Puma's gear. Yeah, I think I thought it looked good. Cool. It was Tiger Mask inspired. To be honest, that's all I really liked about this match. I thought it was very boring. Just didn't get into it at all, to be honest. Um, first time Puma really had people behind him. Mm. Maybe I said that last week as well, though. No. But he does seem to be getting getting um, a crowd behind him, which is good. But he he's another one. He'll move up the card and then go right back into a yeah. into a six man again. There are guys like him, like Scorpio, when they're tornado. You said 
where you see them now, or you see them then in 2004, and they're really young, you're like, do you think they're going to go on to do so much more than they actually end up doing? TJ does do a lot, but he's always just the, the gnarly guy. Mm. Yeah. I just put in my notes that Kuzina is smaller than TJ Perkins, which I was not, I knew he was small, but I was not expecting that. Um, and that is about it. <laughs> you could see his ball spot. Yes, that was a highlight. Through yeah. Kazina's? Yeah. No, I didn't see it. Through his long hair. Excalibur points oh. it out on commentary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you can see it through his long hair oh. that he just has like a Hulk Hogan thing going on. Oh, he had an awful look, didn't he? Yeah, it was yeah. so like, bad. He looks, bad. Like, he looks like your quintessential indie guy that you see on a show when there's like 50 people there. And he's been doing it 20 years yeah. and never gotten anywhere. Yeah. Have you seen him now? No. I was looking because he's the head trainer at the Fale Dojo. So I was looking at his pictures. He's like, Completely different, like shaved head, yeah, kind of yeah. burly, sort of def- weathered face, I'll say. Excalibur <laughs> um, also points out the ref's ball spot on commentary as well. He was having quite the day. Although Very he, brave when you're in a mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although he did, he gave himself a little bit of a, a, a comment as well. He said he recently came down with a bad case of alcohol abuse, which was a great phrase. I didn't believe him this time. I my <laughs> You're learning. He blamed the arm drag game for his alcoholism. That's yeah, which is a great pitch. I so love anytime it. there's an arm drag now, he refused to play the game. He drinks Sprite now. Puma put away Cozina with a tiger suplex or Puma plex, as Sarah called it last time. Excalibur did, to be fair. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. he's not listening, so you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> After this... We're taken to the ring with Hardcore Inc. in there, Adam Pearce and friends. I suppose the show is happening before anyone's seen the Vegas Vacation video. Mm. Like the DVD wouldn't have been out then. That's true. So he's sort of trying to recap it and tell them what happened. Yeah. Does, he actually doesn't do a good job of really explaining what happens at all, actually. I didn't hear one mention of Chicken Head Trish. <laughs> no, no. Just erasing women from the important history of this of this company. It's just terrible. <laughs> um, what did the, the sign? Did you see the sign? Yeah, crap. Iron Adam Pierce fears the future and Baby Slim. Absolutely wrecked. <laughs> like a bit much for a, a sign. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have to write everyone's full name. <laughs> <laughs> and it was done in stencil. Yeah, that's the second of the Pajmamas. Pajmamas was the same stencil. <laughs> same so, boy, obviously. Yeah, some PWG guy got a stencil for Christmas and he's going out. So do you think he'd already cut that Pajmamas stencil out and someone pointed it out to him and he's like, well, I have to use it. <laughs> Pierce asks Hardcore Kid to send Kaz's ass back to the future. Hey. Zinger. Pew, pew. Oh, so lame. I thought it was cute. I, I, I did. Pierce was in the shittiest brown suit. It was oh, terrible. It was awful. Like, and you can't, that isn't even of the time. You can't, like, no one was wearing a shitty brown suit in the, what do we call them? The noughties? The noughties. <laughs> Heck, I hate that word too. I hate that. In 2004, there was absolutely no reason to be wearing a shitty brown suit. No, he looked like a car salesman. He did. It fit him a bit better than the last one we saw. Remember, he had, he had the he had the old, the old Michael Elgin G one press conference. <laughs> <laughs> me, this one was a bit better, you know. <laughs> I just picture Michael Elgin's little fist. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That was a good time. 
so this leads to Frankie Kazarian against Hardcore Kid. Hardcore Kid. I'm so attracted to him. And I don't <laughs> want to be, but he gets he's getting more and more attractive. He's he, a very strong jaw. Oh, he's a real chiseled yeah. face, you know. He looked very tan. He did. And he was really jacked. Tall. So he had done his bit his WWE stint at this stage? Because they talk about him being a jobber. Mm. I think he was in the middle of it. Because okay. I actually then went and looked it up. And I did not realise his WWE run was four months. Mm. Okay. And he was never in developmental. He was straight on SmackDown. Wow. Did a house show run. He was Jesus or Jesus. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Never wow. used again. So he mustn't have actually even been signed. I mean, he did stab John Cena. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Yeah, remember what John Cena did to Alex Riley just for stealing his move or something? Oh, was it Tyler Rex? Tyler Rex, yeah. Oh. He did something to Alex Riley as well because yeah, Alex Riley went after him and said yeah. he was going to shoot him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he went off the rails. Sorry, my, my head's just gone with Tyler Rex. I haven't heard yeah. that name in yes, I don't know Tyler how Rex. Long. John Cena apparently buried or ruined Tyler Rex's career because Tyler Rex used uh, some form of a... This will, this will annoy you, Zeke. He... And this is annoy you and Tyler X and John Cena. Tyler Rex did a burning hammer as a finish. Oh my god! That's annoying enough. But then John Cena got annoyed because it was like his move, and so I he got. I don't even know what a burning hammer is. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know why I remember that story so specifically. Oh yeah, that's it. Um, so they actually talk about it in this match as well that he did some stints in the New Japan Dojo, and how he turned down was it a Noah zero one a zero one. Um, Tour. Tour. Sorry, I can't talk today. Um, because he felt he needed to get more experience. And then I did enjoy him. I don't know, he talks so strangely. He was just like, I learned this in the New Japan Dojo. Ricky Reyes showed me this. Like, that oh. was really strange. The Ricky Reyes showed me this in the middle of the match. <laughs> and it was just like, it was an armbar? Yeah. <laughs> we also, the crowd, have no reference, the point of reference to that. Yeah. You know, oh. To go, oh, Rick, you're, not even, you're not in line with Ricky Reyes here. He's not in the next match. And you're not... You've nothing to do with them. It's uh, so weird. Very strangely, Excalibur and Disco Machine really complimentary they of love him, him on commentary, and they were very serious about it, and they were really hyping him up. Mm. And I think at one stage they said um, the oven mitts turned hardcore kid babyface. <laughs> yeah. Did they say that? Or did yeah, say no, that? yeah. No, they start off the match saying he's finally against a proper opponent. Yeah. Um, instead of what he had to face oven mitt one and two in the last show. Yeah, I think they felt really bad. Yeah. That's what he had to endure. I think they I think he gained a lot of respect. Mm. Yeah. Taking on those two open mitts. Hefe had himself a time in yeah. this match. Oh I loved Hefe in this match. Just him on the outside. Sorry, I'm putting my hands up. Just <laughs> hanging out. You know, and then he gets hit by Kaz and then he just gets back up. <laughs> like he gets hit. And you swear it was Mike Tyson knockout. He's laying on the ground, arms and legs sprawled. Cuts to the ring for three seconds. Cuts back and he's just standing up, <laughs> walking around. Oh yeah, he's a, such a legend. And then what? And Hefe is pissed off. <laughs> the in, the inexplicable love these people have for Hefe is just fascinating. Uh, the spot where he got punched as well. This was uh, just another classic Kaz isn't nearly as cool as he thinks he is thing. He's facing hardcore kids. Hefe's on the apron behind him, so he tries to do this thing where he quickly does a 180 and knocks him off, but as he turns around, Rick knocks in the way, and he kind of has been, oh, oh, sorry, there, there, there we go. And then, to top of the off, he punches Hefe, and he gets booed because everyone loves Hefe. I'm like, you're such a loser. <laughs> 
So at one point, um, Hardcore Kid does a corner handstand, and I guess he was meant to come off it into a dive, but Kaz doesn't get out of the corner, so he just falls and headbutts him in the dick. Oh my god. Oh yes, I did see that. I, I thought it was a deliberate Vader bomb to the nuts. I couldn't tell what they were going for in that. Okay, maybe it was. Maybe it was, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, it was very weird. There's also a point where uh, Frankie hits the I am the coolest leg drop. Hell yeah. No. Love you, Frankie. Nope. Hardcore Kid did a super Alabama slam off that rope. It was really cool. Uh, Excalibur, in a complete deadpan voice, said he slammed him there at about three million miles an hour. And also, towards the finish, uh, Adam Pierce pulled Knox out of the ring and Excalibur said he had Tourette's of the arm. Um, <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> he really was on one this show, wasn't he, Excalibur? Yeah, he, he was actually quite annoying. Yeah. Pierce distracts the ref and Hardcore Kid hits Kaz with the chair, but Kaz kicks out. Uh, Hardcore Kid goes for the Arabian face buster, misses, Kaz rolls him up for the win. Solidifying himself as the de facto number one contender forever. <laughs> <laughs> Next match features Hardcore Kid's trainer, Ricky Reyes, <laughs> against Bobby Quantz. No, nobody. <laughs> um. There's actually nothing to say about the match. It was grand. I went to bed about two minutes in because I was really bored and I was like, this is shit, so I just went to bed. Well, to be <laughs> fair, the commentary spent the whole time talking about Rocky Romero. Yeah, who wasn't which I love. I love that. was great. how everyone loves him. He's a good man, gives a charity. Yeah, so Disco on commentary says Rocky bought candy for the homeless. <laughs> Um, he's doing stem cell research <laughs> and that's Bobby Quance loves cookies on his birthday he woke up opened the door to find three cookies cookie trucks sent to him by Rocky <laughs> what a great man do you know what Rocky Romero is such a nice man this is all true like this isn't a joke I've never known Excalibur Disco not to tell the truth <laughs> yeah they're they're truthers not liars so Ricky Reyes wins by Fisherman Buster <laughs> It was alright. There was nothing, nothing dramatic about it. Was a hugely dramatic eye rake, which I hated. <laughs> Bobby Quance was selling for his life because he got poked in the eye. Stupid. So after the match, there's a bit of animosity between Ricky Reyes and Bobby Quance. Puma comes out to uh, dissolve the situation, but he then super kicks Bobby Quance. For what has to be the millionth time we've seen this exact angle. <laughs> what are they teaching these people at this New Japan dojo that they are so treacherous? And what power does Reyes have over everyone? <laughs> it's very weird. No wonder the dojo closed down. Like that is true. I didn't notice that Reyes is always involved in it. Mm-hmm. What are we going to get a super faction of like Joe Reyes and TJP? Shinsuke Nakamura showing up wait and see. Oh, so is it this? Joe said to Brian Danielson let's give him a turn back back on the dojo our next match is a tag team title match as SBS Excalibur and Super Dragon defend against (laughs) M-Dog 20 and Josh Prohibition 
That is a name I have not heard in a hot minute. Yeah. It's Josh Prohibition. He was a person that I would always read in like Shelley and Jacobs and Sabin's live journals. And I think I've maybe seen like two of his matches. I was thinking the same. I knew his name. I've always known his name. He's always been around. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you any match. Of I just thought he was known more for training. No. Wasn't he? Where was it? Ohio? Or is it Cleveland? Cleveland, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where he's from. I think he may have been involved in, like, I think maybe uh, on the really old Cabana podcast, uh, Moxley, when or Dean Ambrose, when he was on, I think he talks about him. That makes sense, actually. And I, like, that was really the only time I ever heard of him was on People's Art of Wrestling podcasts. Because he was very much involved, I think, with the indie wrestling. But no, never seen his matches. Was he in Wrestling Society X? Have I made that up? Oh, I that think That sounds was. right, but I honestly can't remember. But that sounds like a perfect mix of mid-2000s era, you know, the the weird mix of people who were in that. Yeah. Uh, M-Dog sporting new gear. Huge upgrade, I thought. Definitely. Still looked dog shit, though. Really? I thought he looked like a generic indie wrestler, but I think that was a bit of an upgrade from, from where he was. Um, now, Josh Prohibition. There's a man with some shitty early 2000s uh, shiny indie gear. Um, yeah, that was quite atrocious. They bring up a lot the fact that the tag titles have never been successfully defended in this match. It was a big talking point throughout the whole thing. Though there's only one spot I remember in this match, and it's it was, it was, was it M-Dog? And Super Dragon in the corner. Oh. He goes to do like a Hurricane Rana. Oh, finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He just fucking lands on the pole. Yeah. That's all I remember. It's very long. It was, it was. It was Two 19 minutes. minutes. I felt like about 39, to be honest. I, I, still, I still enjoyed it. I thought it, I, I liked M Dog and whatever. There was kind of a hilarious moment where. M Dog tried to like have a tough guy strike exchange with Dragon, but he's just not much of a striker and he's tiny, and so it was just kind of funny more than anything else. But the, I, other than that, I thought it was it was pretty solid. The M Dog botch you you referenced there it was one of the funniest things I've I've seen so far on this show, and obviously Disco lost it. And Excalibur went quiet for a while. What I assume was he was off mic, howling or rolling around or something. Do you want to try and do it justice and explain it? Dragon is sitting on the top rope and M-Dog is in Frankensteiner position but I guess he wants to do a flip on the spot and land on Dragon's shoulders and then do a Frankensteiner but he then jumps over Dragon and like crotches himself on the turnbuckle and Dragon just does a, a Toro Yano shrug uh, to the crowd in, in reaction to it it was pretty spectacular I hope that they added those sound effects and that that wasn't the actual sound of it because it it really upset me. There is a really loud, like you can hear a crunch. You can hear a splash. It's like he castrated himself. Well, now I feel bad for thinking it was hilarious. I can't believe you thought it was funny because Uh, I was wincing I put, I, I put thought you would have LOL with five O's in my in my <laughs> notes <laughs> I also roared laughing <laughs> oh my god we are juvenile men there's yeah. nothing funnier than seeing someone get hit but in also the I know he lives but you, but you know when you, when guys see other guys get hit in the crotch they instinctively grab their crotch yeah, while laughing. <laughs> I often laugh at grandma. and grab my... But I think it, it was like a, a one-two combination of 
he got hit in the dick, which is good. But also, he went for such a contrived move, and it fucked up so hilariously. Like, it was funnier than just, he slipped off that rope and, like, you know, landed on the rope or whatever. It was such a wanky indie spot that he got messed up doing. And the benefit of hindsight, we know he didn't lose a bollock or anything doing this, thankfully. Do we know that? Uh, well, he's never, I suppose he's never mentioned it, although would you, I guess? I don't know. I don't think I would. So after the botch, M-Dog falls to the outside. Josh Prohibition gets into the ring, gets hit with a Tiger Driver by Excalibur for the pin. So we have our first ever retention of the tag titles. It's about time. And there's no post-match celebration or anything like that. <laughs> As there never is. <laughs> it just cuts straight into the next match, which is B-Boy against Scorpio Sky. Uh, weird dynamic with Sky kind of as a babyface in this one and his babyface mannerisms almost came off sarcastic I think it's just because everyone's still conditioned to him being a heel so that made it a bit weird there's a point on commentary where Disco and Excalibur get Adamant and Gary Glitter mixed up (laughs) which I completely understand I do that all the time really? yeah I don't know I don't know whose songs are whose wow I think Scorpio Sky really is impressing so far I think he's going on a good run and I think he is better off not being part of that group and being out on his own at the moment I think it's he's going to reap the rewards hopefully it's a pity they had him lose then yeah that was that was Bizarre. not expected at all I was that. now I, I thought B-Boy was quite good in this match that he told lots of you know cool suplexes and stuff like that but I did not expect him to win he also hit a lung blower which yes. Excalibur had never seen before and he was having an existential crisis <laughs> that it was a move he didn't have a name for B-Boy won with a cradle pile driver and then we were treated to Emma's favourite tag team in the ring the Ballard Brothers so much well Emma they have a few words for you and people like you at the oh. beginning of this match shut up you ignorant marks just sit at home and you're clickety 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 on your keyboard you know no I did love the person crowd what does that mean sir <laughs> um, the ballots have aged <laughs> I feel since we last saw them they looked older mm. they looked pointier sharper edges knee brace has that sweet tan <laughs> the other one is just pale he looks anemic he does look he looks anemic, anemic. The audience arguing amongst themselves about the definition of a mark was very good because the ballads couldn't, they, they were caught off guard because they thought, they I'm going to come out here, I'm going to call these guys marks and that's it, you know, boo, we're going to get, but the audience was, audience? <laughs> <laughs> the crowd was having such a good time with it, it was like, no, actually, a mark is someone, no, you're a mark, no, you're a smart. So that was quite enjoyable. And they were really harsh to a girl in the front row. And it wasn't as if she'd been heckling them or anything. She was just sitting beside a guy maybe who was heckling them. And they talked about her stretch marks and about all these things. It wasn't very nice. They also started just going on about how they don't get enough respect around BWG. That they've travelled all these places and won titles and companies I've never heard of, to be yeah. quite honest. And that's so cowl uncensored, never talks about them on their website. And um, basically called Paul T out to be like, give us a title shot, Paul T. And Paul T comes out wearing a sweet jacket. Mm-hmm. And then was like, well, yeah, celebrations are in order. 
Trunk fan got married. Well done to him. Did you uh, catch the wife's name? Cracker woman. Yeah. <laughs> God, he loves that word. And then he insults her. Yeah. <laughs> but congratulations to them both. Very happy. So Paul T grants them a match against Scott Lost and Joey Ryan for the number one contendership. The catch is that if the Ballards lose, they are out of PWG forever. So a lot on the line here. I haven't paid attention to a match this much (laughs) in our entire run so far. Um, And then when the match does actually get going, they say, well, Scott Lost and Joey Ryan can't be banished from PWG if they lose because they're part owners. So that's not going to happen. But if they do win, they would become number one contenders. Before we get into the actual match, I want to talk about Billy Kim. <laughs> this man caused the division between the two of them. <laughs> Scott Lost sacrificed himself. They had a big fight over him. And he's not even here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he was so in shock and just distraught by the last show that he can't bring himself to go to the Elks Lodge ever again. He's gone. He probably is retired now. His heart has been broken by these two men. Do you think he was only there last time because they couldn't find a sitter? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how I'm going to say this. When Scott Lost and Joey Ryan came out, I don't know if I was just giddy at the anticipation of the Ballard Brothers leaving forever. I was... For the first time and only time in my life, really attracted to to Joey Ryan. No, it, it was the it was the struggle was and the little bit of chest hair. Yes, I was. The, he looked like a hunk. He had this attitude he as well. What um, Disco and Excalibur called the playoff beard, and he hadn't shaved his chest. But they went, um, but they didn't went up and to say he he's just being lazy. He looked really hench. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. He looks like actual Joey Ryan as opposed to this young little child Joey Ryan. No, but Ryan I hate she... actual Joey Ryan. <laughs> when you're ever conflicting, you know, it's it's a complicated it's a complicated game. Because he was at that nice halfway point. It wasn't a full-on beard. Yeah. It was a little bit of chest hair. He was a hunk. Did anyone catch what the guy shouted out Scott lost at the start? Yes. It was like, hey, Scott, they don't even watch. He goes, hey, Scott they hate Star Wars and he goes oh what the fuck I, okay, and then he goes hey Scott they don't like comic books and then Scott was like oh I'm getting angry and then one other guy I don't know if this is a coordinated little bit they were doing he goes hey Scott they're Canadian <laughs> very good yeah that's good yeah. Yeah. I love this crowd yeah this they, were very good. They, were they were very good yeah. they, they were good I think a lot of the dickheads seem to have gone Either that or they've been put in line, I don't know. Because it's a lot more playful yeah. than it used to be. We get the story in this match about Disco and Excalibur's previous life packaging for a very famous porn company. Vivid. Mm. Was that who it was? Excalibur's yeah. talked about this before. I had no idea Disco was involved. Yeah, true. And um, So that was interesting. Did they used to get cameras from them? Or was that... Not true. No. I always thought, I, I remember a rumour going around that that's why they moved to HD before any other indie, because they're actually hand-me-downs right. from connections. But they, but they never worked on set or anything. They just made the DVD covers yeah. the, or the, and the VHS covers. 
Um, yes, they were saying that they knew all the words before oh. <laughs> Gen Pop knew the words. So they're trying to work out the Bukaki, Glory Hole, <laughs> Cream Pie, that they knew all these words because these were their insider terms. And now we're all using them. Yeah, I can't believe they're insider yeah. terms. That's like saying, you know, the finish, um, <laughs> heels and baby faces. Inside her terms is also one of the DVDs they packaged. Hey. <laughs> Got him. <Yeah>. Edit that. <laughs> um, Scott Lost hits the uh, drop salt again, and this time Excalibur paid reference to it, so I was happy with that. Um, I didn't realise that Scott Lost and Paul London were a team. Lost in London. Great name. Great name. And that's the drop salt was an homage to him, which was pretty cute. And then Excalibur goes on a tangent about how uh, Joey Ryan still resents Scott Lost for that tag team <laughs> with Paul London. So every time he sees that drop salt, it, he dies a little inside. No wonder he has no soul. I just have a little bullet point here. Endless boring heat segment with the banners on top. Just went and went and went. The finish was weird. Scott Lost at one point... Uh, is doing a suicide dive and he hits Joey Ryan by accident and obviously this is following the previous month's dissension which we talked about so I I, I don't know at what point the, the, the split happens I was thinking oh is this, this the moment here where things finally collapse but no the match uh, goes on pretty much fine without it uh, uh, the X Foundation win uh, Scott Lost uh, pins the Pale Ballard with a, a vertebraker and it looks like that was just a you know a brief miscommunication and they're not going to have a fallout about it but then in the post-show vignette which we'll talk about uh, later they were sort of laying it on so thick that everything's fine oh whatever that was no big deal and I was like okay it's definitely coming soon it's 100% coming soon and Ryan's gonna gonna snap but uh, yeah it was, it was it was jarring to do the miscommunication and then not immediately pay it off in the same match as you as you would typically see so Emma your yeah. great moment of victory how do you feel it feels good but I also know what's to come <laughs> oh no no, this is the last, I think, this is the last we'll see of the Ballard Brothers. That was said dripping with um, intrigue. A, intrigue and trepidation. <laughs> I Once again, we were cut short any post-match, because I'm sure there was something at the end. Yeah, Ballard's. Funky Billy Kim came out. And <laughs> 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 with the boys. He'd finished his Lucas out of Mars bar and they left out for him in the back. Like, uh, it's so shit that like, they're gone forever now and there's no like celebration or... Fans singing the goodbye song. You need like, that. Yeah, like that classic. Or getting dumped into a bin truck. Sent back to Canada. Box. I'd love that, actually, if they got put into a crate <laughs> sent back to Revolution Pro. <laughs> So that takes us into our main event, which is for the PWG Championship, and with TV time remaining. Oh, yeah. What was that? That was so weird. Like, was that just a little piercism? I think so. Yeah. But you can hear someone in the crowd going, What? We're not even on TV. <laughs> so, defending his belt is Scrap Iron Adam Pierce against Bobby Slime. CEO of Keeping a Gangster. I did not look at the match listing before this show, 
uh, I could not believe this was going on last. I over like I realized that the 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 tag title match was not any kind of match of the year contender, but I would have easily put that over this. This is a long, outstanding feud, Barry. It's certainly been a long feud. I would agree with that. Did anyone catch um, Valentina and Pierce's kiss? Yes. The most awkward yeah. looking thing. Because as we said before, she does seem like she's just some girl who like maybe knows one of the people involved in the company who's been roped in. She has no charisma at all. She doesn't seem like she really wants to be there. You really have it in for Valentina. You're all constantly at her. I think she's great. Oh, do she's you? She's great addition. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. I, I hope she's a long tenure. <laughs> no need to be so rude, but... What do you think of her outfit? An upgrade. Yeah. Very 90s, chic, like it. In 2004? Yeah. Yeah, she was... She looked like she could be, you know, part of one of those high school rom-com movies, 10 Things I Hate About... Adam Baby Pierce. Slim. <laughs> she needed to match Pierce to be fair. She can't be coming out there rocking in like an unreal outfit with She's him. She's gone upstage. Yeah. yeah. This match was terrible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely yes. atrocious. They were there was a point at the start. Uh, <laughs> Baby Slim was dressed in all red, like a giant red bandana mm. is his outfit. And Adam Pierce is in blue. So it was blue versus red, which was ooh, got the crowd feeling edgy. Um, and then at one stage Valentina <laughs> Valentina's great she calls um, <laughs> Baby Slim 60 cent it's like, that's actually a that's long more than, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's more than 50 cent that's pretty good that's, that's enough brilliant. Great. that's 10 more <laughs> there's a point where Excalibur essentially says no, he does say that Baby Slim is their junkyard dog, which I thought, oh, that's that's a bit, you know, because of his previous things he said. I was like, ah, oh, that's, that's a bit racial profile in there. But then he started doing junkyard dog spots yeah. in the match. I was like, well, now I'm the fool. <laughs> he did his little head bot, head, head boss, he did his little head butt spot. Yeah. And uh, Excalibur said JYD was cheering from his own grave at the spot. <laughs> Icky tump all around the place. There was a one spot I did really like was Baby Baby Slim went for uh, Valentina, which is not what I liked about the spot before. I think it was <laughs> but Adam Pierce did the wildest tope onto Baby Slim. I have never seen a man hit such a nice tope out of nowhere and sent him flying into the, the, the crowd. That was pretty cool. Not even just the crowd. For some reason, there's a podium there. Oh, he, he cracks his head on the podium as well. <laughs> I suppose that's where the Elks address would yeah. come from. Yes. Of course. So halfway through the match, uh, C. Edward Vanderpile yep. comes out, the promo god, <laughs> C. Edward Vanderpile, and takes the side of Baby Slim. Dead right. After Vanderpile came out, there was the weird brawl. It's like he came out and the match kept going for a full, I don't know how long, like it was a number of minutes. Uh, in the midst of that, uh, Baby Slim was running wild, grabbed Adam Pierce by the head and like 
shoved him into some girl face first into some girl's lap in the crowd and she just kind of sat there and it, it was very 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 uncomfortable and then Slim and Vanderpile did the Birdman pose for reasons that I yeah, just, that, I was like this is absolutely bizarre I loved that I loved the <laughs> and then Excalibur on commentary just to make things worse because I'd say that's the only time a head's ever been down at that woman's crotch yeah I said thank you thank you Excalibur thank you for that Adding levity to the moment. <laughs> Vanderbilt and Valentina saved this match for me. They added it. Yeah. <laughs> they added no, I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not even being facetious here. Like, okay. Her shouting in the sides was way more interesting than what was going on. But I had to argue with that. Yeah, this was because the match was. Yeah. And they made a do with the most Vince McMahon, like, level booking. Slim had to kiss her then. Mm hmm. Uh, but while he was doing that, she threw the chain mm. to Pierce, who grabbed it, punched Slim for the pin, has, gets the win, has the belt, but then Rick Knox sees that he has the chain in his hand and reverses the decision. So technically, Baby Slim wins by DQ and isn't the champion, mm. but for some reason needs to get the shine. Can't beat him clean. So after the match... Pierce attacks Baby Slim, Hardcore Kid comes out to help, and while he's taking care of Slim, uh, Vanderpile attacks Pierce, only for Pierce to turn around and hit him with a pile driver. Then we're taken backstage, not even backstage, outside actually, uh, where Charles Mercury, Chris Bosch, and Top Gun Talwar are dissecting their match talking about how it was hard to concentrate because of how horny they were. <laughs> this is the funniest promo I've ever seen in my whole entire life. I loved it so much. <laughs> it was dreadful. I <laughs> loved it so much. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It was just... Because they were like three teenage boys. <laughs> yeah. What was your favourite line? My fa- I think um, when <laughs> Talwar just kept naming things. Not when he said he's going to go home and rape a pillow. No. No. Or the violent masturbation. No, when he just kept saying, licking ass, tits. <laughs> Big tits. Big double Ds. <laughs> <laughs> nice double Ds. Britney Spears. Yeah. Uh, I would let Britney Spears kiss on my chest. And then Bosch just offers up. And you guys ever seen Kelly Clarkson? <laughs> <laughs> and they just start talking about her for a bit until they're interrupted by old man Disco. <laughs> like, Cher? Really, Disco? Cher. Well, I think that was the point. Cher. But like, come on. But like, old. I don't even know. You're like, okay. Yeah, but Cher was hot then. Like, like not in 2004, but back in Disco's day. <laughs> Disco's, Disco's day. day. Like, Disco was alive and kicking. And when he said, when Disco came out, he said, I've had sex a few times. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah, that really, that was cute. That it was like this old fella going and trying to impress the teenage kids yeah. at his daughter's disco. Yeah. So, you know, Disco comes out to sort of rally the troops and he makes them all put their hands in and they realise they don't have a team name yet. So they just go, <laughs> And Disco decides he's going to leave them to their horniness and he goes to leave and he can't get the door open so he's just stuck there in his gear until some lady comes and helps him in oh but there's like 
toilet paper. No, it was no, the toilet seat, seat cover. cover. Yeah. I thought that was his gear. No, no. it's a toilet seat cover. He would stuck to his gear. <laughs> Very nice touch. That is good. I feel like Disco is like seat on senile. Like that's what they're transitioned to. Like he's a senile old man. I love it. Like, um, and then once Disco goes, they laugh at him. So there's clearly something to come with that. I feel bad for him. He's just trying his hard. Trying his best for these boys. Yeah. Trying to get them out off the streets. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have another st- backstage promo, one of 70. M Dog 20 nursing his testes <laughs> and Josh Prohibition just having a chat. This was the most unessential thing. Uh, but the, the hilarity of it was that they kept coming up with endless euphemisms for balls and yeah. stuff. And it literally wasn't funny with the first one and it went on for about 60 seconds I think I, I, I may have practiced mine at skin chandelier but everything else was was uh, as basic as, as you'd imagine they were in tears <laughs> by the end of this no, you can tell they're straight edge because that lame humour like <laughs> popped them massively <laughs> oh, it's one of the worst things I've ever had to sit through in my life our next promo was Adam Pierce cutting a fiery promo on Baby Slim and Frankie Kazarian. Mm. Good stuff. I like how Valentina tried to talk first and then he was just not having any of it and just talked right over when right into his promo. It wasn't bad, to be fair. Yeah. He, was, he was getting red-faced and then fired up, for sure. I'd actually, I'd rather Pierce like that than what he tries to be you know what I mean like that just feels a bit more authentic mm. yeah I'd rather see more of that and he uses his real voice yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> um, he says that it's over with Baby Slim but it's far from over with Frankie Kazarian he'll decide when it's over oh Christ which leads to then Frankie Kazarian Baby Slim and their new manager I guess yeah Vanderpile mm. Kaz with a pitiful promo. This is the lamest person on the face of the earth. Like, like, oh, I don't even know where to, to start. The first thing, the first thing that jumps out is as he's storming around, red faced. Adam Pierce knocks over a chair when he's exiting scene left at the end of his promo, and Kaz goes, "Chairs don't, but chairs don't hit back." but I sure do, which is not far off Batista's famous basketball, what's he say, uh, basketball, basketball stone hold grudges, but I do line. And then he says, he's very topical for 2004, I guess, I'm going to treat you worse than an Iraqi prisoner? What? <laughs> Did you also been around the time of Abu Ghraib, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Did you also catch where he said, nice work, bro, to the chair? <laughs> <laughs> Can we not talk about what he's wearing? Go on. It, like, we've seen a lot of Frankie Kazarian outfits, but this... It's so Frankie, but it's horrific. <laughs> it's like black pants, up really high, black belt, and the tightest black, kind of a deep V t-shirt. Um, his two little hoops and his low slung ponytail. Like he looked like, I don't know, a poet, sort of cat burglar <laughs> pimp. The beatnik Frankie Kazarian. <laughs> I'm honestly dressing up like this oh. for a show. Except for the little pony, because they're disgusting. 
But hey, Vanderpile was great. <gasps> yes, yeah. Calling him, um, Colin Pierce, like Ric Flair lookalike with like Jerry Lawler tights. I thought that was a great line. That was, was, like, that was brilliant. Like, oh, thanks. He likes Vanderpile. Well, yes, ye all overstated how much I just liked the Vanderpile thing last time, so. You had a fucking. No, what happened was. <laughs> I complained it was we too overstated. Long. Yes, you know, it did. I'll tell you why. The conversation. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. We're gonna we're gonna get this out. Please now. do. I'll tell you why. I said it was too long, and then you said the reasoning was good, and I said yes, the reasoning was good, and then went, oh, here he comes, changing his mind. And I was like, no, I never said there was bad reasoning. Yeah, and then you can shake your head. Why? What happened? What did I say? I mean, like we could just replay it. Yes, I edited the video together, so I listened to it you multiple s- times. Okay, can I speak? Thanks. You started off by saying you were saying what was this? Yeah. Like what? You started off by saying you didn't like it, and then you yeah. kept going, and then it was too long. But then, when we were questioning you about it, or we wanted to talk about it, you you suddenly changed. No, which part you did didn't I change? like it? I didn't like it. I didn't say he was a bad pro boy. I said it. I did the same. It was too long. Well, you I didn't did, like you it. did, you did, and you said the accent. Yes, it was yeah. bad. <laughs> but how was he a good promo? He can be. Those things can be bad, and he can be a good <laughs> promo. No, no, no. You're moving the goalposts. No, post. I'm absolutely not moving the goalposts. Yeah. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Both things can be true. That was my point. A great promo from Van der <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. He says he's with these two and one of them will build win the belt. <laughs> or if not, he's going to go train with and himself. he'll do it. <laughs> oh, excellent. Our final promo. Um, the most random of them all somehow is uh, Scott Lost and Joey Ryan sitting at a table with two bottles of beer. Scott Lost in a wheelchair. <laughs> and they're reconciling over, over a drink. They love each other in a very, you know, non-sexual, plutonic way. They don't have sex. <laughs> Just make that clear. Scott Lost made that very clear. They're straight men. Joey Ryan seemed less on board with that. <laughs> yeah, I think he was questioning himself. I mean, look at Scott Lost. Like, I mean, that's fair. We've um, all had these moments with Scott Lost. Huh? We've all had these yeah. moments looking at Scott Lost. And then, who walks in? They didn't know who it was. Who walks in? Well, I assume it was Josh Prohibition, <laughs> only because he looked very like him and sounded like him. And was a man of the X. I won't lie, at the time I was like, oh, is he trying to say he's part of X Nation? I just didn't connect yeah. the two. I, I wasn't sure if he was trying to associate with them, not yeah. to be an X Nation, but like, hey, look, we both have an X thing. Yeah. But no, instead he was telling them not to drink like in the weakest CM Punk pressure impression yeah. or something he's like oh you shouldn't drink that won't help your injuries that's why you get hurt and you lose and all this and they just told him to fuck off how dare you tell a man who's like in a wheelchair that he can't and then he just stands up Scott Lost just stands up to tell him that he goes if I could get out of this wheelchair I'd kick your ass <laughs> and then stands up and tells him to fuck off and then sits back down like this promo you know everything they did they thought when they planned it was hilarious but none of it came off hey now the end line now with Joey saying hey Scott you're looking real sexy tonight and then Scott's just like he took it too far man and then there's wheels off in his wheelchair and then Joey's just like I'm straight I'm straight like that's comedy genius hello I disagree. <laughs> Respectfully disagree. Genius. 
They're such good actors. I'm, I'm really jumping ahead here and maybe spoiling things for myself, but do the young books ever get involved in segments like this? Well, like shitty ones. Yeah, but, but it's so being the elite. It's so like their little skits they do. No, it was before the young books. Yeah, time, really. that's what I thought. It's very weird. Yeah, they're only ever in good promos in PWG. Right, okay. Yeah, very much just by the time they came it was just you did your traditional like angry promo after the show for your next challenger. So that's our show. Probably one of the least noteworthy ones I think we've covered. What did you all think? I think that's I think that's yeah, bang on. Not not a whole lot of uh, news coming out of it. The first few matches were really tough to get through. They were boring. I think we're now just stuck in this feud that never ends. And not having the likes of Punk and Joe and Danielson on the show, I think, really hit hard this one. Because there was no match really on the show that was like, oh, that was great. Like, I don't think there was anything that was shit, necessarily. But there was nothing that you'd actually be like, no, that was worth the watch. The next show that we will be covering will be Rocktoberfest. Which is a pretty cool name. So that the show's out of the way, we'll move on to Curious Gorilla. Ooh, ooh. Okay, this question is from Austin. It says, now that Chris Bosch has become the Bosch everyone is most familiar with, do you think his gimmick will have aged as poorly, better or worse than some other problematic things you've covered so far on the podcast? I think our Bosch expert Sarah can handle this one. Oh, thank you for that title. <laughs> um, I actually think it's going to age worse over time because Bosch's whole shtick for a very very long period of time especially just before he retired and sorry to spoil things he goes on like a quest to win the world title a lot of his humour is anti-semitic it's you know racist it's you know he speaks poorly of Mexicans the whole time and that's his gimmick like that is his gimmick he's not photogenic like that's just that's just his title um and because it's so reoccurring it really sticks out of my mind and it's not it, it doesn't translate to 2019 and i just even think of myself back when i first got into pwg in 2010 even back then when i was quite young some of the things he says i'm like how could he say that like how can he get away with telling people that they can you can smell the dew on them and dirty Mexicans like working in gardens I don't know how he got away with it and Chris Bosch retires the like late 2000s and god if he stayed around any longer I think he would have had to retire anyway <laughs> because it, yeah it just yeah it would have aged poorly but I think he's doing well now I think he's living in like Texas he was on an episode of Being the Elite for like two seconds. But oh, so are, we, are we meant to be happy yeah, for him? Two years ago. I think he's changed his ways. <laughs> Do you? Okay, fair enough. Uh, the lads are all still friends with him. SEU paid him a visit. Oh, can't wait to cover those. <laughs> is his surname really Boscherelli? Or is it just Bosch? Oh. Boscherelli. Bosch is a surname. Okay. I thought I thought that was a, a little Excaliburism. So, yeah, yeah, I was just checking. Because there is a basketball player also oh, called Bosch, Chris, Chris, Chris Bosch. Bosch. Oh, there is, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Which made it really tough when you're trying to Google search Chris Bosch and Vanity Search on Twitter. 
Our next question comes from Cheese Tom. He asks, make up your own PWG style show title based on this era. I don't know, it's so basic, I think, that I wouldn't be surprised if someone's already done it. Uh, free toy inside. Oh, very good, mm, very good. I like yeah. that. Based on this era, like what bands were cool? I was thinking, yeah, what movies were out outside? <laughs> like, what was on telly? Well, if you look at the title for this one, which was what, 44 Ways to Kill You with a Pimento. Yeah. It's been said that that was based on a David Cross joke. I okay. can't find the David Cross joke or the reference where it came from. So it, they were very heavily influenced by... And later on, Arrested Development, Always Sunny, David Cross, and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. This this era is more like Adult Swim and HBO comedies. Yes. Yeah. Fall Out Boy were relevant in 2004, right? Like, something like, this show title's too long to fit on our DVD cover or something. That's a good you know? one. Yeah, they would love that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They like random celebrities, like Gary Busey or something. <laughs> Gary Busey. Like, they would love that. Actually, like Gary, yeah. yeah, something about Gary Busey or. I I was gonna say buy one get one free. Not really, but they actually did free admission. Not really. A few years later. So oh yeah, it's free admission. Just yeah, kidding. Just, ki- just kidding. That yeah. was it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Any name-based ones? They don't, they don't really do that like wrestlers names they don't really do that yet do they like no. Steen Wolf no, no it's actually no. always Kevin kind of Steen isn't it yeah, it's yeah, like Steen Spears that's, that's my favourite whole son oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Apollo Khan's giving <laughs> that's good <laughs> that's brilliant that is yeah. good yeah good. I, think, I think we'll wrap it up on that <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good answer and that about does it for the show and our first year podcasting. I hope you've all enjoyed us and thanks for joining us on our journey through Grill Island. If you want to get in touch with us, our email is grillisland at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at Gorilla Island. My own Twitter is at Zig on the Rocks. And Barry's is at the Barry Light. Sarah's is at Sarah Flan and Emma's is at O underscore Emma J so thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time for Rocktoberfest <laughs> 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 <laughs>